0: And it is so good to be on with you. As you know, it's really cold in New York. And uh, so you're going to have to bear with my voice again today. It's just been amazingly frustrating having this cold. Now, I am one who loves snow, but this has gone overboard. And then I understand we're having snow again today. Now, it's not the snow that we mind, folks. What it is that we do mind is the issue of the coldness. And so, you know, um, we have an amazing show today. We're waiting for our co-host to come on from Japan. Hopefully he is not having any technical difficulties. This is his last week in Japan, and we're back to California again. And then I will be out of town with the show from another state or another country. So without further ado, our guest today is Nate Mangard. Why am I so excited about this? Because listen, given Savoy... Our organizations are set up to support youth in education and connect music with the importance of global issues, but it's not just that. I mean, we do other things with music and love listening to music, but why we're so excited about Nate today on our show is because he has set himself up to have his music make a difference, you know. Um, He is really that real deal where his artistry is important to him from the difference that it makes in other places around the world. And one of the things that he shared with us that we thought was amazing and that is in his own words is that Nate talked about he looked to have his music feel the cracks in the foundation of humanity. It's something to that effect, and we can ask Nate when he comes on. You know, a little bit about the news this week, all right? I'm sure some of you saw this week on the 16th the Amazing shout out that was given to Stevie Wonder, I mean artists from all over the globe i have to I just have to say, you know, from the ages of Tony Bennett to Lady Gaga, to Jill Scott to Janelle Monet, okay, to Ariana Grande to Babyface, that's what it's about intergenerational communication that's what listen gives, and the voice stands for it's really intergenerational communication. The way to bridge that gap between communicating between young and old and in between, you know, because it really isn't young and old, it's just people of different ages and different lifestyles and different experiences connecting with one another, you know. So we hope that Mr. Logan is okay because we're not, we haven't heard from him yet. So, Jay, we're waiting for you and looking for you over here on this side. So please come on over. The natives are getting restless, waiting for you. Especially since today. Okay, I'm so excited. We now have Mr. Nate Vanguard on the line.
1: Hi there. Can you hear Nate. me? Can you hear me okay? Yes,
0: yes, we can hear you fine, Nate. Sorry for the breakdown. It seems our co host is also having a breakdown from Japan with Blog Talk Radio, but you're here now. <laughs> I am so, so glad. I,
1: yeah, thank so I- breakdowns all over the place. The fact the fact that we can even have a conversation when I'm in South Africa, you're an American, he's in Japan, the whole thing blows my mind. So
0: it it's it's the greatest and we love it, you know. Um, you know, we'll do it. Nate just say a shout out to Jay because we're missing him. His name is Jay Logan, my co host. So
1: Jay Logan,
0: I'm sorry that we can't hear you at the moment.
1: Hopefully you make it on at some point.
0: Okay. Well we're gonna go right into the show. You know, Nate, um, we, we've been tr- just to let our audience know, we've been trying to coordinate this interview for quite a while. And we're really excited yeah. about this particular interview because, you know, part of what Listen, Give does and also Savoy, uh, the respective organizations, is we come together to make a difference between the gap between music, business, and, you know, solutions. I don't like the word issues, but global solutions. And one of the things that I happen to read about you, sir, is that you like to seal in the cracks and create a foundation for humanity. And I I may not have said it exactly as you put it, but I was really inspired by that, to hear something like that. So what we'd like to do with you, Nate, is we'd like to, you know, ask you a few questions, just have you tailor your answers to those questions so we don't give away all the good stuff too quickly. Is that okay with you?
1: Sure, go ahead. I, yeah, I mean, I I like speaking. So, if at any point you think I'm speaking too much, just shout and I'll, uh, I know. I'll we, don't to, look,
0: we don't want to. We don't want to give all the good stuff away at the beginning, you know, because we want to, Probably. you know, have our audience be a little, you know, mystified by what we're going to do. Okay. So you know, Amen. I read that you are a global nomad. Okay. And yeah. starting in South Africa, one of my most fa- just so you know, it's one of my most favorite places in the world. I think it's the heartbeat of the Mm -hmm. world. So were you born in South Africa? It is. And were you born in South Africa? And if so, what age did you start playing music?
1: I was born in South Africa, and I began playing music when I was about 14.
0: You learned to play music in South Africa. Did the people of all cultures love your music there? Well... I mean, I grew up in quite a
1: tumultuous time in South Africa, so by people of all cultures, we have a lot of cultures here. All the people who I met who heard my music seemed to enjoy it.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, with so many cultures in South Africa, Nate, how was it from your perspective growing up in South Africa and hanging out with your friends there? So, hanging out what? Hanging out with your friends, you know, like other youth. You know, how was, from your perspective, growing up in South Africa and hanging out with your friends there, how was it for you?
1: Well, it was, it was. A mixed experience. I mean, at the time, I didn't have any kind of internal dialogue about what was right or what was wrong or what was really happening. I was only 10 years old when apartheid, when when Mandela became president. And so it all came at me through the filter of being very young, and I didn't really understand most of it. Got older, and, and even now more so, I have become so aware of many of the opportunities for growth that we still have in this country where the separating lines are still so clear in so many ways and that I want to be a part of that which connects and that which reminds us that we are all a global family and to me the the fact that <laughs> that humans have ever used color as a way to Decide who is in and who is out or who is better or who is worse is completely incredible, like incredible in the worst of ways like I, I, I cannot credit it It is beyond credibility <laughs> so wow yeah, growing up wow. i mean growing up, I was just living it you know i didn't i didn't have any deeper understandings, and it only came through education and self education, and it's still something ongoing as as a human on this planet. I think it's something we are all faced with to greater or lesser extent. But the more we open our eyes, the more we are faced with the realities of of needing to include one another in the the human family.
0: You know, I must agree with you, Nate, because, you know, when you, you know, we're doing a project that we're bringing to the U.N. And what's so amazing about being there is being around so many cultures, you know, and you learn Mm -hmm. so much and you learn not to bring your culture or what you think, you know what I mean? to someone else. You have to first learn the culture of other people before assuming certain things. Uh, Mm -hmm. What is is your take on that, you know, about really taking the time when you visit and you speak with people so that you can understand Mm -hmm. their perspective, you know, and learning their culture? What what are your thoughts about that?
1: I feel that travel has been one of the most incredible ways for me to come to understand potential prejudices that I might have held and to let them go because what I discovered in in traveling and not only in traveling but because when I say traveling I'm not sure if anyone understands what I mean exactly because I don't mean booking eight night stays in in hotels and uh, sitting in a, a deck chair on an island. I mean that I've traveled as a musician and without any money or almost no money in different parts of the world mainly in Europe and in California and have had to put myself into situations where I've been at the mercy of whoever I come across because because I have nothing in terms of the physical, but everything in terms of trust and open-heartedness. And I've met people who have lived lives that are so outside of what I considered normal or considered it was even aware of in my reality. And yet to meet these people, as an example, I met a, an unemployed Senegalese lawyer living in Paris many years ago in 2004. And He met me at three o'clock in the morning while I was trying to fall asleep in the the street with a friend because we had no money and nowhere to stay. And he gave us the keys to his house and he showed us the most incredible parts of Paris that I never would have seen. And this was an unemployed man who happened to have dark skin. Uh, You know, when in many parts of South Africa, there are so many people afraid, like white people afraid of that. And so for me, I was given the opportunity to experience something that was completely outside of what I had previously understood in the world and so it opened my eyes and it opened my heart and I feel like being a traveler gives us that opportunity but only if we're open to the new experience and open to understanding life not just from our own perspective but from the perspective of those we come across.
0: Wow. I think that's, you know, what you just said is very important and that brings me, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here just for a second. You know, One of the things, you know, I know you from South Africa, so we're going to just skip ahead and then we're going to come back, okay? You know, (laughs) I know you went on to London after South Africa. Like staying with this topic for a minute, how are the youth there different from the way you grew up in South Africa? What have you noticed?
1: Well, it depends. I mean, it obviously depends on what ages we're speaking of when we say youth. I moved to London when I was in my early, 20, early to mid 20s. So I consider that youth still in many ways. And what I love about London still is that if I speak to 20 people in a day, the chances are that they're going to be from 20 different countries. And that has been such an incredible experience for me because I, I live with a group of artists in a house and there's five other people, they're all from different countries. And we have, and yet there's such an acceptance of our shared humanness, that being in that community really gives me a sense of belonging. What I have noticed in London and in many cities is that people become afraid of one another, no matter the color of their skin or their culture or their background, because they're in the city and they get this idea that other people are in their way. And and so the sense of community gets lost somewhere there. So that's something that I'm aware of and that I work with in my music and, and in my shows.
0: Wow. Well, you know, with with that said, one of the other things that you know come up is, you know, so we're on the topic of London and South Africa. I know you played many festivals in South Africa and then London. How were you received in both of these countries with your music, and what have you learned from these two very distinct differences? These two very distinct experiences. I'll say that again. I know you played many festivals in both South Africa and and London. How were you received in both of these countries with your music? And what have you learned from these two distinct experiences? Well,
1: it's so interesting because the question you've asked would have to have a different answer for any musician. Because, And for me, what I've come to learn is that I'm not a musician in the same sense that many musicians. I'm not an entertainer, so I don't get up onto a stage to to take people out of themselves and to give them a show, I play music as a way to truly connect with people. And so what I found in South Africa was that it gave me the platform to explore that and explore touring and hostels and house concerts and small shows. And then going to London and feeling this huge expansion of like being this minuscule fish in this gigantic ocean. and And then going through the club scene and, and the open mics and feeling the, the lack of time people give to art in some ways and to music in particular, where my music, if it's background music, you might as well be listening to anything in the world if my music is back. But as soon as people give me their attention and give me that moment of listening and, and where we can have that energetic exchange, that's when the magic happens. So what I began doing was playing many less, of the usual venues and started playing more house concerts and living room shows and intimate venues and finding the places where I would have that moment to connect with people. And so the experience I found was that when people give me the time and pause long enough to listen, hearts open everywhere. And we all go through the same archetypal experiences as humans And I think that's when people give me the time, and that's what we all connect to. So whether it's in South Africa or California or London or Paris or wherever, we all have hearts, we all feel, and we all want to share that journey.
0: You know, I I have to agree with you. Um, I have the opportunity a lot to go to the UN because of the project we're working on and work that we do with another woman uh, from New Future Foundation. And one of the things we're working on a song that's going out globally, uh, Jay and I. And, Jay, we're missing you here. Um, But, you know, one of the things that's very important to us is that connecting with artists like you, Nate, who not only make a difference, but you see yourself as the same as anyone else. And Mm -hmm. I, I really, really admire that, you know, um, Rihanna is another person I mean, you know, yes, she's a big star But when she's in Barbados or New York or whatever She doesn't want guards and all that She walks amongst people And I think what's hard for, you know, uh, people at times, Nate In the work that you do in singing, okay A lot of people don't quite know how to take when they see First you were singing in front of them And now Nate's walking down the street You know what I mean? Because yeah. at any at any given time, and I think that's the I think that's what happens with a lot of your fans or other music fans or or just everyday people. They don't know how to like the connections. Like, well, he's there and he's he has an art, you know. And I think that's where the difficulty. Because I often wonder that myself. Like, why is it such a big deal that people must know? You know. So we're going to go on to the next question here. What do you love about playing acoustic guitar? And I wanted to know how is playing the guitar received in London and South Africa as a way of self-expression? So I'm going to say that again. What do you love about playing acoustic guitar? And I wanted to know how is playing the guitar received in London and South Africa as a way of (laughs) self-expression?
1: I love playing acoustic guitar because it's portable. I can take it anywhere with me. I also happen to come from a family of musicians and my father's a guitar maker, so There were many guitars lying around in my home when I was young. Uh, And with my guitar, I actually built it myself in my dad's workshop with his assistant and his apprentice's assistant. And that was when I was 18. And so I've been playing my guitar for almost as long as I've been playing guitar. And the two of us have grown our voices together. And so we have a very close and very wonderfully mutually supportive relationship, I would say, And guitar is received well everywhere because of the westernization Westernization of the world, in a sense, the sort of huge explosion in the 50s and 60s of popular music, so much of it guitar-based, reached the whole world. So I grew up in South Africa listening to the Beatles and Leonard Cohen and Cat Stevens and Neil Young and all these guitar-oriented singer-songwriters. So it's received very well everywhere that I go. And I suppose one of the things with it now so many people are doing it, that it's become a bit more normalized in a sense. And so people are often interested in the the instruments no one's heard yet, but I love my guitar. And I only began playing because I wanted something to sing with really. I am a lyricist and a singer above all. So the guitar was initially just something to have sounding along with my voice.
0: (laughs) Well, it sounds amazing. You know, um, I have a question for him. to just veer off for a second. You know, Nate, one of our – she's. I met her in 2010. Um, we've met Dr. Sabati, who used to be your ambassador um, to Switzerland and France. But she is one of the most prolific artists I feel in the world. And I hope people really start to notice artists like yourself, Nate Vanguard, and Lyra. Do you know Lyra?
1: I don't think so.
0: Well, is one of your South African artists who's been compared to Miriam McKeeba and she was on stage, if you remember, during FIFA with Hugh Masekela doing Miriam Makeba's song. And okay. I would love to see both of you get together because you have such a real feel for life and the importance of mm-hmm. music transcending and making a difference with people individually. And I think mm-hmm. that's the, one of the yeah. most beautiful things you could ever do. So we will definitely talk about that offline. And that brings me to the next question. I want to know in your words, what is the music industry like for you in South Africa, London, and where do you see it going? Okay. So
1: I – you've said it a few times, and you keep saying South Africa and London. I don't at this point see myself – Really, as an artist of any particular country, I I am a, a global nomad and a modern troubadour, and so specifically because we are in the the internet age, my my audience is all over the world and my community is everyone, and so. How I see the music industry at this point is that we reached the point when we hit the digital age, suddenly everything was available for free and people were just taking it, and it's understandable. I used to do it too, just download music for free, and I didn't really understand what it meant for the bigger picture. And since I've become an artist and, and met more artists and become part of the artist community, I've come to understand that if we pay our artists, if we pay the artists we truly believe in, then we get more of what we believe in in the world. And that's a huge difference to where we can get it all for free, but if we choose to support the things we believe in, more of those things will happen. And so I am completely at this point 100% supported by a group of patrons from all over the world through a website called Patreon. And there are, I think, 129 people right now. And they do do not have to support my music. They can get it for free on YouTube or Spotify or any of the wonderful places. But they choose to from anything from $1 to $100 a month because they believe the same things you and I both believe, that music and art give us the dialogue and the emotional reality to change the world, to change how we view the world, change ourselves, and be a part of a bigger community experience as humans. So... What I think about the music industry and what I actually hope is that people come to understand that a lot of what they're being sold in popular music is not about making them better people or improving their lives, but about keeping them hooked and buying and spending and being consumers of this apparent art. And so what I'm excited about is is websites like Kickstarter and Indiegogo and Patreon and Razor and these sites that allow the communities of artists to support those artists and through that have more authentic art experiences and through that change the world for the better. So that's what I think about the music industry.
0: <laughs> well, thank, thank you. And I want to just point out something. Yes, I said South Africa and London, not because I said it because you went from one country to another. Okay, Nate? And that's the right. thing but is, so it, it, yes, and, and the one thing I want to point out about that is The reason I hone in, I look at myself as a global citizen, not just of New York, because I've traveled extensively, and I love people of the world, okay? But what there is that people, we still have to deal with people where they are, Nate, and some people, there's cultures, okay? And even though we're global nomads and we're all human beings, if you cut us, we all bleed. The issue is that some people, we have to see them from the way they build in their culture, the way the um, older generations interact with the younger generations. So we might come from a culture or a Western background and say, oh, it's okay to walk in and say hello and all of this with the mother and father there, where it may be that you need to be introduced into that situation a bit differently. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think So that's where I look at culture and the learning of culture, you know, And I think those things are also very important to be aware of because as much as we see everybody as one, everyone sees themselves as one, but within that one is cultural differences and how they may introduce each other to families or how one may connect, how one may date. So those are the things I'm really speaking to because music does transcend. For instance, if you're in Trinidad, Calypso is a way of sharing what's going on in Trinidad, you know, Some governments are actually voted in by calypso music. That's the way you know it works there, and other places are different. Which brings me to the next question with you, uh, Nate. What are some of the countries you have have visited? You know, what have you loved about those countries you've visited? Since you had the opportunity to be a global nomad.
1: Well, my my further explorations are only just beginning to bear fruit now, so I've I still feel very limited in my travels. Uh, in that I've only really visited and enjoyed, enjoyed the West primarily. Wow, what happened there? We get some feedback. Okay, yeah. never mind. Uh So, so yeah. So at this point, I've spent most of a lot of time in the UK and also visited Europe quite a bit. I love Germany Uh, from a musician's perspective. Germany is an incredible place to be because they are so supportive of the arts. And in my experience of music, they just, I find that German people overall have been magnificent. Everywhere I've been, people have been magnificent, but from a musician's perspective, Germany has been phenomenal. And I've I've been to the States a few times, although really only California. Uh, I have family and friends out there and I, sincerely enjoy the the sort of awareness of food and of eating locally and organic and <laughs> that kind That's of experience from from me has been really powerful when I come from a place where people just don't get it and yeah, so it's it's I love in California being surrounded by being able to just go to a farm and buy food from a trust box where I can just throw money in and take the veg like that to me is an incredible gift and something that from South Africa where there's so much fear and so much security and high fences uh to see something like that is really inspiring for me and I also Good. very much enjoyed Canada Vancouver for the for the combination of nature and city how the two seem to blend so well there I really enjoyed that so yeah those are some of the things
0: well, you know, you said something very important that we just learned. We would have thought that in South Africa that you, you know, that there, we wouldn't have thought there would have been such high senses. We would have thought that, you know, agriculture and food and, you know, organic was just plentiful there, actually. So that's that's interesting to take note of. So I think that's really great. Now, we only have a few more questions for you, Nate, so we're not going to keep you much longer. But we think this, these are some really very important questions for our audience to know, you know, about you. Okay. Sure. And, you know, one of those, one of those questions is um, that we would love to know is much like us, you bring a message with your music. What's important to you about your music and what have you seen in varying, varying countries that you have visited that you want to get a specific message across to the world of people? You know, you're a global nomad. So, you know, What's important to you about that in your music? And what have you seen that you want to get your message through your music to the people of the world? For me, I write very personal
1: songs because they're about the experiences that I've had. And what I've discovered is that the more personal I can make them, the more people seem to relate to them. And so what that's taught me is that we are all, as humans, having archetypal experiences which are relatable. So we all love, we all lose, we all learn, we all have desires, all these things that are archetypal. And so for me, what I see more and more is that by being obsessed with borders and nationalism and patriotism and us and them and who's right and who's wrong, all these things that are invented and taught and conditioned into us people have lost sight of the truth which is that we are we are all human and we no matter the differences in our cultures we all share that core desire to love and be loved and so instead of just keeping it so insular and and limited down to the people who happen to hold the same beliefs that us as us about reality to understand that reality means many different things from many different people and yet that only increases the value of this wonderfully rich and varied global community that we share. And so through my music, it is my hope and my dream that it reminds people of that connection, that we are one big community and that when we allow that, that we can experience true beauty with one another.
0: Thank you. So that That was beautiful. Wow. Okay. There's so much more I could stay on here with you with, but I know we must go. So this is our last <laughs> question. What are you grateful for, and what do you love about your life?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm grateful that I was brought up very closely
1: connected to nature, and I'm infinitely grateful for the community of patrons around the world who, who believe in my art enough to choose to support it, not because they have to, but because they because they can. And, yeah, I love that I get to just, that my job is the thing that I love doing the most, which is sharing what I feel is truth.
0: Well, you know, um, one of the last things, I I, I have to go here with you. One of the things that you hit upon (laughs) that I think is very important that you said, and I hope that people listen. I've been in this industry for a very long time as well. And one thing is very important to me that I always say that without the artist, the songwriter, and the producer, streaming services, Spotify, and and I love them, they would not have the access they have. Without the singer and the songwriter, you cannot do anything. Even the producer can't do anything. So it is so important (laughs) that we have the respect for the artist. That is something I stand by and I believe because what they do is they provide self-expression of the things that people want to say and don't know how to say. You know, Mm -hmm. it could be as something as simple Mm -hmm. as a man wanting to tell his wife that he loves her or a woman wanting to tell her husband that she loves him or girlfriend and boyfriend love, but they don't know how you understand. So they have to express Mm -hmm. it through someone else's words. And that's where uh, an artist with music as beautiful as yours will come through Uh, sitting outside on a field of greens with, water in front of you, because that's the kind of scenery that I love. And it's important (laughs) that we just realize how important it is to support musicians like yourself. And if you want to, you know, learn more about Nate Maidengard, please find him at N-A-T-E-M-A-I-N-G-A-R-D.com. But, Nate, before you get off, I want to ask you what you think of what I've just shared, you know, the importance of the music artists and the monetary support of them the respect for their work and so forth what do you feel about that
1: i i agree with you 100% and I, and i would like to add something to what you said which is that in some ways it i understand how people have lost that connection because art has been used by massive corporations and by big companies by people whose main interest is profit rather than healing and community and so people have become disconnected but we live now in a time where artists like myself are, are, have the capacity to reconnect with our communities and, and so what I would also say is that to the artists out there to realize that what you're doing is a service and it is a humble service and it is, it is an absolute gift not just to the world but to yourself that you have the opportunity to share these things and so when artists are truly connecting from that place of giving and of, of service then, then the communities will step in who want to support those artists because then they are, in a sense, reconnecting with the reality is that we are all together. I am not above anyone because I bring art into the world. I am, I am truly a part of a, a circular, energetic cycle that moves through me and through the people who connect with me through my music. So I would say to the artists and the listeners all that when we connect As we really are, just as people connecting, that's where our real power is, is is in the communities that we generate around the world.
0: Yes, and and what I want to also say to you, Nate, thank you for being on our show. Uh, What I love about you is that you're truly an artist who stood within himself, who knows himself and is very grounded, and that is what I ask of artists to be very grounded and not to be taken in by money that's offered to you. Remember your craft, Mm. remember what you stand for, and remember the direction you're going in. And one of the Mm. companies, believe it or not, that I have the most respect for is Spotify. Early on, we were going to do some business with Spotify, and Spotify said, we would love to take on everything, but if we take on everything, we'll lose focus. And I want to bring that to the music artist to say that an artist like yourself who has stayed focused you're clear that you're a global nomad. You're clear that you want to make a difference for people, and you're clear that you're no different from another human being. I ask that our mm. artists remember that and to stay focused and always have a plan. You may not end up in that plan at the time you thought you would, but you will end up there. <laughs> yes, well,
1: okay. you you.
0: Know, with that said, uh, we'd love okay. to know, Nate, if you would come back and visit with us in the, in the, in the middle of the year so we know how you're going.
1: I would love that. It's honor to be back. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Yes, and we are great to have you. And we'll be doing a write-up on Nate separately from this on listengear.com. And thank you, everyone. And, Nate, thank you as well. And, Jay, you were sorely missed. This is a great interview. And, Nate, have an amazing day. <laughs> thank you. Thank
1: you. I wish you all the best. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Bye-bye, sir.